Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Friday, April 8th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they are important. Internal school board emails show more confusion and disagreement than the public ever saw over how to handle a nonprofit's controversial school reform proposal. Ketanji Brown Jackson was confirmed by the U.S. Senate Thursday, solidifying South Carolina's impact on the nation's high court. Gun crime is up across the Charleston area. Why is that? And is there an end in sight? And it's Friday, so I've got five easy-drinking Charleston beers to get you through the weekend. Those stories and more, starting now. But first, did y'all hear those jets ripping around yesterday? Joint Base Charleston is hosting its first air show in four years, and the Blue Angels are in town, the Navy's precision flying team. They were up in the air practicing on Thursday. I bet they'll be back out there at it again today. The main shows are Saturday and Sunday at the base. To actually be at the air show on base, you need a pass, and those are all snatched up right now. So just keep an eye on the skies for the next two days. Internal emails from the Charleston County School District show confusion and frustration from school board members over a proposal to pump some $32 million into a program designed to restructure low-performing schools, according to a report this week from Live 5 News. The Reimagined Schools Plan, as it was called, was created by the Coastal Community Foundation and circulated by the district superintendent on December 8th to four Charleston County School District trustees, Kate Darby, Lauren Herterich, Eric Mack, and Courtney Waters. Emails from the superintendent, Jarita Postalwaite, seemed to operate under the assumption that the school board would consider and vote on the measure the next week when it met on December 13th. In her notes, Postalwaite discussed coordinating the timing of the release of the proposal with Coastal Community Foundation CEO Darren Goss. Other board members, it seemed, did not find out about the proposal until later. Ultimately, the proposal was voted down when it was considered at a marathon school board meeting on December 13th and the board voted to push off consideration until January. It later pushed off consideration indefinitely. Now, we're only hearing about this because of a Freedom of Information Act request from Live 5. The public had no real idea the frustration or concerns from at least four of the school board members left out of the initial email about the proposal. And the public still really knows very little about what happened to this plan, or how it came to be, or why certain members were briefed by the superintendent before others. The public still also has no idea why, in between that marathon meeting on December 13th and January, the school board accepted the resignation of Superintendent Jarita Postalwaite. Members agreed to a non-disparagement agreement, but still haven't said anything generally about it, not even any compliments from supporters she had. That $32 million could do a lot of good if put to use the right way. But for a school board that's supposed to do its business in public and make education better in Charleston, It sure seems like we learn more about what they're actually doing from these records requests than from any real transparency from the board itself. The members don't have an easy job, but they all ran for office and asked voters to hire them. With all this secrecy and behind-the-scenes chatter, they certainly aren't making it any easier for themselves. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson was confirmed by the United States Senate on Thursday, becoming the first black woman who will sit on the U.S. Supreme Court. The final vote tally is 53 to 47, with the Republican with Republican U.S. Senators Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Mitt Romney of Utah all crossing the aisle to support Jackson's nomination. The yeas are 53, the nays are 47, and this nomination is confirmed. Neither of South Carolina Senators, Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham, voted to confirm Jackson. But whether they like it or not, 
the Palmetto State had a hand in helping make Ketanji Brown Jackson the newest Supreme Court justice. After all, it was Congressman Jim Clyburn that pushed President Joe Biden to pledge to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court during his primary contest. Of course, propelled by her own legal training and credentials, Jackson earned the nomination, confirmation, and now title of justice. Jackson will take her seat on the bench later this year after the retirement of Justice Stephen Breyer at the end of the court's current term. Charleston area communities are feeling the impacts of increased gun crime. Experts say it's partially driven, at least, by the pandemic. In North Charleston, police counted 36 homicides in 2021, the highest in years, according to a Post and Courier report. Shootings and aggravated assaults involving firearms have also steadily increased over the past five years. 97 people were shot in North Charleston in 2017, jumping to 120 in 2021. That's up 24%. Aggravated assaults involving firearms generally rose 82% from 247 to 451 last year. In Charleston, the figures for aggravated assaults involving firearms show a similar trend. 76 reported in 2017, 178 in 2021. The trends show similar directions in urban areas nationwide, the Post and Courier reported. You can find links to this story and everything else at nowcharleston.com. But the reason for this upward direction is not entirely clear to experts. Some Charleston area leaders say increases in high-profile police violence have made it less likely for cops to engage for fear of making headlines. But one researcher who the Post and Courier spoke with, who looked at arrest rates since early public outcry over police-involved killings, found big city arrest rates were already declining before the 2014 shooting of Michael Brown in Ferguson, Missouri. And nationally, there wasn't any big drop in arrest rates the next year. So rather than it being an issue of less policing, the researcher said that one theory is that high-profile events like Ferguson or Walter Scott in North Charleston led to increased mistrust in police, particularly in communities of color, leading to less reporting of crimes or less cooperation with investigations. To make matters more complex... States like South Carolina saw thousands more guns sold during the pandemic, a time of desperation and uncertainty for some. And police were out there recovering more legally possessed guns during the pandemic, even while doing less police work because of social distancing and an endless cycle of quarantining because of exposure to COVID-19. Sheriff Kristen Graziano points to a lack of resources for people dealing with joblessness, affordable housing and transportation, and mental illness. While one North Charleston investigator said legal marijuana from other states is spiking gang-related drug crime in South Carolina. Pandemic-era violence could be short-term, researchers say, but no one's quite sure when or if a more peaceful period is on the way. All right, y'all, it's Friday. We made it to another weekend. I've got five-ish easy-drinking, locally-made beers for you to seek out this weekend, whether you're just looking for a good backyard brew or something new altogether. There's plenty of good local options. First, in my neck of the woods, I have to mention Coast Brewing Company's 3250 Kolsch is one of my favorites all time. It's relatively easy to find and way more flavorful than other light beers, in my opinion. Second, when I think of hanging out outside or something that's not going to blow out your taste buds like a big IPA, I think about Pilsners. They're light, they're dry, maybe a little bitter. Two of my local favorites are Holy Cities and Munkles. Both are available in cans if you're at the grocery or the bottle shop or the breweries. Third, and speaking of Munkle, it's not going to be super warm this weekend, but if you need a beer to keep you hyped up for warm summer weather, Munkle's Cerveza Contigo is brewed in collaboration with Taco Boy, if that gives you any indication of what it's going for. It's a super solid day drinking beer. You can find it in cans at Munkle, uh, downtown, or wherever you buy your beer. Fourth, 
And since it's Masters Week, here are options for specifically golf-themed beers, which, thankfully, are a thing. Fatty's Lager Amateur Hour has a Masters-themed label, and Fatty's is also hosting Masters Watch Parties this weekend, so there's that. And Freehouse in North Charleston brews a craft beer specifically for the Charleston's Municipal Golf Course on James Island. It's called For Y'all. Both are available in cans, but you might want to call ahead uh, uh, before you head out there. Though, if you're if you get there and you can, they're out, you can just get something else. So it's not a huge loss. Fifth, if you're just looking for a super solid go-to easy drinker, you can't go wrong with Edmonds O's Brewing Company's Something Cold. You can find it pretty much everywhere, but especially at the brewery and at Edmonds O's Exchange. One additional brew here. A handful of local breweries are participating in a nationwide collaboration to provide inclusive environments for women, people of color, and LGBTQ plus people as part of a nationwide initiative called Brave Noise. Started last year to shine a light on discrimination and other systemic issues that has led to local breweries taking a stand. In Charleston, Fatty's, Hobcall Brewing Company, and Indigo Reef Brewing Company all have their Brave Noise beer on tap right now. According to the Brave Noise website, Common House Aleworks in Park Circle and Two Blokes Brewing are also signed up but haven't released their brews yet. Each of these breweries has developed a code of conduct or value statement for customers and staff, commits to making a donation to relevant charities or nonprofits, and publicly commits to prioritizing long-term commitment to change to being more inclusive. I've got links to all these brews and more information at nowcharleston.com. That's all I've got for you today. If you've got feedback for the show, you can leave me a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, that would be a big help too. And as always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. Hey, and don't forget to vote. Only a few more days left to vote in Best of Charleston, bestof.charlestoncitypaper.com. Now Charleston's nominated for Best Local Podcast. To make sure you don't miss anything in between shows, follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I will be back on Monday with the next Now Charleston. <laughs>